I would like to give thanks to the ancestors, known and unknown, those who have paved the way for us to survive this moment of time and to have a reference point to use as a blueprint to deal with these hellish times we are living in. I would also like to give honor and reverence to the woman of the universe for your superior work, for bringing forth the spiritual information through the triple stage of darkness of your womb and giving birth to God. We would like to give reverence to the universe and praises to the indigenous. My name is Raheem Shabazz and this is Necessary Blackness Podcast. Necessary Blackness Podcast is independently owned and we do not accept sponsorship dollars from corporations. We are supported by the people such as yourself who know that in war, the first casualty is the truth. We are at war with racism and white supremacy. We must continue to tell the truth. Support us by purchasing your Necessary Blackness t-shirt by sending an email to NecessaryBlacknessPodcast at gmail.com. Check out MCJ, MusicCultureJournalism.com. Hip-hop is a global movement reaching all aspects of music, culture, and journalism. MCJ is the premier destination for culture-driven video and editorial content around the country. Check out MusicCultureJournalism.com. Log on today. Wingy Apparel is the latest fly and revolutionary streetwear to hit the market. Wingy is the outfitters of freedom fighters everywhere. Wingy is a Swahili word that means abundance. No one has ever gone broke by giving. So if you have it in abundance, sharing is better than receiving. Follow us on Instagram at Wingy Apparel. That's at W-I-N-G-I-A-P-P-A-R-E-L. Necessary Blackness Podcast, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. with award-winning journalist and filmmaker Raheem Shabazz. This podcast is only for those who are unapologetic because the mind of the conscious man or woman recognize no monopoly on truth. Truth is relative and always to be sought. Peace and power, black family. This is your host, Raheem Shabazz, and we are here for another episode of Necessary Blackness Podcast. Now, many of y'all have been missing me. I took a little hiatus from doing the podcast because I have been busy with other business endeavors. And as you know, when you launch a new business or you engaged in ongoing business, it takes up a significant amount of time. But nevertheless, I did not forsake my podcast family those that look forward to the podcast. I also recently took a break and went to Puerto Rico with my music culture journalism family. Shout out to the MCJ family, my man Cheeks, Joe Kelsey, my man Twiz, actually Cheeks, uh, Twiz and myself all have a birthday in the month of August. So we was out there celebrating family and it was a monumental moment. In fact, I plan on visiting Puerto Rico again in April, late April. I plan on going back out there. So 
Let's discuss what's going on in mainstream news. Uh, just today, we learned that the murderous police that killed Everett Garner five years ago was fired by the New York Police Department. And that officer's name is Daniel Pantaleo. He was fired. But unfortunately, it took two administration, the Obama administration and the Trump administration, um, for this to happen when it could have been done when Obama was in office. For those that haven't been following the story or the timeline, uh, the Obama administration under Eric Holder, who at the time was attorney general, was bringing forth uh, federal charges against this officer. Unfortunately, he didn't make it happen. It went on to his replacement, which was Loretta Lynch, another black woman. And she dropped the ball, nothing happening, and it carried on into the Trump administration under William Barr, who is now the attorney general. And you already know what's going to happen when Trump is in office. They are not giving justice to the black man, woman, or child. So he has been fired. Um, they're saying that he won't collect their pension. And it's unfortunate that it took five years, international activism and multiple investigations to get this police officer fired for killing Eric Garner on video using a banned chokehold. And this just tells us the state of America that we're in when it concerns black people. Even the judge who recommended that the city of New York fire this officer said that when he testified that it was untruthful and disingenuous when he was recounting the, in, the incident with Eric Gardner. So not only is he a murderer, he's a liar. And he was able to collect five years of payment for work while he remained on the force. I think they had him on modified desk duty. But now he won't collect his pension and... He probably would be an officer in another department. That's how it goes. But, you know, it ain't over and victory is certain. There are several other um, things that's going to happen that we are going to make happen because we're going to keep the pressure on this situation. Now, I listened to the commissioner for the New York Police Department where he talked about the firing. And if if you listen to it, a lot of blame was going to Eric Gardner. When you listen, you hear him talk about how if he wouldn't have resisted, the incident wouldn't have escalated. And he was more to blame than the officer that used this banned chokehold. Like, you have to really listen and tune in to these press conferences because what they are intended for is to change the narrative, to make it seem like, yeah, 
he did this, but this wouldn't happen if he didn't resist. It's always don't resist. Even when your constitutional rights are being violated, you still don't supposed to resist. Even though you have a right for to defend yourself for unlawful seizure, unlawful searches, you still cannot resist. Especially if you're a black man. You know the end results of that. But on a brighter side of things, I'm glad that his family received, I don't want to say justice because justice will not be served until this police officer is locked up and in jail, but they received progress. It's probably not the progress that they wanted because ultimately this officer should be in jail and the daughter spoke out and gave her reaction to the verdict of him being fired. And what we're going to do is we're going to go to that clip. We're going to play that clip. And then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about Jay-Z and his situation with the NFL. We're going to speak about that. And we're going to talk about whether Jay-Z partnership with the NFL was disingenuous. And what does it mean for us that are social activists and that stand up for freedom, justice, and equality, and how one person can sway the movement? And if this is permissionable to have one person as a spokesperson for the masses of the people. And that's why I always say, family, that the choir is always louder than the soloist. One person should never decide what is going to be the direction of the movement. And we know that. But mainstream media, white America, likes to always pick one person out of the many to act as a spokesperson for our movement that we created our movement that directly affects us. Any action, anything that goes on directly affects us, and they put the burden on one person. So we're going to talk about that and more. This is Necessary Blackness Podcast. My name is Raheem Shabazz. Let's listen to this audio clip of Eric Gardner's daughter. Today we got the decision... And I remember Sharpton said, um, the commissioner has decided to fire the officer. I thank Reverend Sharpton for standing with us for the past five years. I don't, I don't believe that if we did not, if Reverend Sharpton hasn't been standing with us, we have not, we wouldn't have been able to get this far. I thank everybody who's been standing with my family for the past five years. And I thank everyone who has been out on the front line, everyone who's been screaming fire Pantaleo, because now he's fired. And for, you know, Commissioner O'Neill, I thank you for doing the right thing. I truly, sincerely thank you for firing the officer. Regardless to however you came up to your decision, you finally made a decision that should have been made five years ago. And it's unfortunate that we went from one administration to the next, 
we, we can't talk about what happened in the past. We can only talk about what we're going to do moving forward. We will be going for the congressional hearings. We will be trying to reopen the case. We will be going after the rest of the officers involved because it's not over. Justice for New York City means Pantaleo is fired and there's no murdering cop on the police force. So, Commissioner O'Neill, while we appreciate you making your decision, we are definitely still calling for the Aragona Law, which will ban the chokehold, which will ban officers being protected by a shield and not held accountable for their actions. Aragona was killed five years ago. It took five years for the officer to be fired. I don't want another Aragona. I will do everything in my power to, to never see another Aragona. I don't even want to see another video of a, of a person being choked out. Because it's, it wasn't supposed to happen to him and it's not supposed to happen. I should not be here standing with my brother fatherless. I should be here with my father. But Pantaleo took that away from me on 717. So, yes, he's fired, but the fight is not over. We will continue to fight. Peace and power, black family. This is your host, Raheem Shabazz, and we are here for another episode of Necessary Blackness Podcast. And that excerpt that you just listened to was Eric Garner's daughter, and she was reacting to the verdict from the murderous police that was fired and unfortunately not jailed for murdering her father. So now we're going to get to the main event. And we're going to talk about Jay-Z. So now we're going to ask the proverbial question. Is Jay-Z's partnership with the NFL disingenuous? Folks want to know. I want to know. Because there's a lot of people that believe what Jay-Z basically did was run interference for neoliberal corporates interested in allying his own pockets. Because Jay-Z stands to make a lot of money off of this. For one, Jay-Z owns a sports agency, Rock Nation Sports. Many of the players that he represent are in the NFL. So he has an invested interest. Now, I know a lot of people are saying that Jay-Z is going to buy stake and ownership in the team and become a team owner. Now, to me, that's speculation because there has been no direct source that can verify that this is actually going to happen. But before we get into all that and we get too deep into it, there are several rap artists that are supporting Jay-Z. There are several artists that are not supporting Jay-Z. Vic Mensa, and he believes Jay-Z will hire Colin Kaepernick once he becomes uh, NFL team owner. What people don't realize or seem to understand is that it's not that simple. When you're dealing with the NFL, you're dealing with the good old boys club. And they don't just let anybody in. Now, I know billionaires only talk to billionaires and Jay-Z is a billionaire. But a billion dollars is still not enough to buy into one of these franchises. And even if you had the correct amount of money, you don't have the complexion <laughs> that is needed in order to join that network. And you have to be a certain caliber of individual for to be a part of that club. Even Donald Trump, with all the money he amassed and he, he got, he was not able to buy into the uh, NFL. 
I don't know if many of y'all know, but Donald Trump tried to buy a team and was denied. He tried to buy the Baltimore Colts when they was going through uh, financial hardship and was struggling. And, and that didn't work. They wouldn't let him do it. So what he did was he invested in the United States Football League, the USFL. And when he did it, he did it at a time where they was really losing a lot of money. But what really happened was the NFL pushed them out, and they had to actually sue the NFL, and they won their lawsuit, and they sued them for violating the anti-monopoly law. And they won, I think it was $163 million that they was in debt. So that money didn't even cover what they won. So eventually that folded. So the NFL is just not letting anybody in. This is the reason why there's no black majority owner. This is the reason why most of the head coaches are all white. This is the reason why most of the general managers are all white. This is a good old boy network, and if you think Jay-Z is going to get involved in this and become a majority owner, then you're sadly mistaken. So, uh, Vic Mensa, that ain't going to happen. Rapper Freddie Gibbs gave his undenying support to Jay-Z, where he went and did a video where he said, fuck Colin Kaepernick, and fuck anybody that doesn't stand with Jay-Z. Yup, he said it, and we got audio to prove it. I'm riding Jay-Z. Straight up, man. Fuck Colin Kaepernick. All y'all niggas marched for Colin Kaepernick, and he took a settlement, and they tell y'all what he got or nothing. You know what I'm saying? He settled. So, let it go. Y'all hating on Jay-Z for trying to own something in the NFL, man. Y'all niggas is some motherfucking crabs, bro. Now, once black Twitter got a hold of what Freddie Gibbs say black Twitter went in. Black Twitter does what black Twitter do. So Freddie Gibbs, you better be very, very mindful that we living in cancel culture. And everything you say will be held against you. Even if it was 10 years ago, you might be canceled from black America. Be very, very careful. Now, there are several other artists that are very supportive of Jay-Z's decision to join in a partnership with the NFL. And just a few of them are DJ Khaled, who probably seeking a feature. Uh, you have Killer Mike, and you have Ebro from Hot 97. Now, Ebro is giving Jay-Z the benefit of the doubt. But when Jermaine Dupree was putting together a free concert around the NFL Super Bowl, Ebro was going heavy in on him. So I don't know, man. I guess, you know, the brighter that your star shines, you know, the more prominent people are going to be on your side. But there are those such as uh, Funkmaster Flex, that are not too in agreement with what Jay-Z is doing. Um, then you have Irv Gotti, who is a very close confidant of Jay-Z. And he gave his take on the recent partnership with the NFL. 
And um, according to Herb Gotti, it looks like Jay-Z is being used as a pawn. Now, according to page six, and this is what Gotti said, to sit there and watch Jay-Z talk at their recent widely publicized meeting with the commissioner of the NFL while he's sitting there quietly, it almost looks like the NFL manufactured and manipulated Jay to be in front and to face the bullshit, knowing Jay is so powerful that he can make people forget about Kaepernick and others kneeling. Gotti went on to say that he think it's a brilliant move for the NFL, adding, if it was a mastermind plan, then you just use Hove for a mastermind plan and made him look like a pawn in this whole fucking thing. Yo, Irv Gotti seems like he's the only one, you know, who stands with his friend, but is going to be critical of his decision regardless to their friendship because he's going to speak the truth. And this is what we have to do as an individual. We have to speak the truth about what is going on. And when those that are deemed leaders, where they shouldn't be leaders, you know, we should all be our own leaders. But those that are in, that are more prominent and have a voice in the community, when they do something that's detrimental to black America, how are we going to hold them responsible? How are we going to hold them accountable? Because if we hold them responsible and accountable, a lot of this wouldn't be done. Remember, man, you have to have people power. And without people power, we're going to perish. So let's go to the clip of Charlemagne the God asking Jay-Z the most critical question that went viral. We're going to play that clip right now, and then we're going to come back. I'm going to give some more commentary, and then we're going to wrap it up. Peace and Black Power family, for those that are just joining us, you are tuned in to Necessary Blackness Podcast, and I am your host, Raheem Shabazz. I think the biggest issue people have is they want to know how you could argue really on social justice when Kyle Kaepernick brought it to the attention of the masses by peacefully protesting against social injustices. It's a lot of a job. Yeah, that's a great question. I think that, um, uh, I think, take it back, I think that we, we forget that Collins' whole thing was to bring attention to social injustice, correct? So, uh, in, that, in that case, right, this is the success, right? This is the, the next thing, right? Because there's two parts of the protest. You go outside and you protest, and then the company or the individual say, I hate you. What do we do next? Right? So for me, there was, for me, it's, for me, it's like action, actionable item. What are we going to do with it? Like everyone heard, and we hear what you're saying, and everybody know I agree with what you're saying. So what are we going to do? You know what I'm saying? So we should millions and millions of people. And all we get stuck on college not having a job. Just, you, you know what I'm saying? Sorry to put it this way, but would you would you kneel or would you stand? Mm-hmm. Uh, what? Would you kneel or would you stand? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I think we passed kneeling. I, mean, I think it's time to go into actionable items. 
Do you want people to stop dealing with coal? No, I don't want people to stop protesting at all. Kneeling, I, I know we're stuck on it because it's a real thing, but it's a form of protest. I support protest. Man, Jay-Z, you need some more media training, brother. Seemed like you were stumbling over your words. You wasn't well prepared for this interview, which was obvious. And um, body language is everything. You was on the hot seat there, brother. And couldn't get the words together to articulate yourself in a way that people will understand. Or do you really understand that the boycott against the NFL was not because of police brutality. It was because of the injustice that was being done to Colin Kaepernick and other players for their silent protests. So the NFL wasn't on the right side of history. They wasn't allowing Colin Kaepernick to take a knee. And as a result, they locked him out of his contract. No owner wanted to hire him. And it was found that they was guilty of all these charges of collusion. And they gave him a settlement. So we got to keep that in mind. Now, another thing that I think about when I think about this whole situation is a quote that I read from Malcolm X many, 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 many years ago. And I think it was in the book, The Autobiography of Malcolm X. And in this book, Malcolm X said, America can't provide freedom, justice, and equality no more than a chicken can lay a duck egg. If you bring that up to date, the NFL cannot provide freedom, justice, and equality no more than a chicken can lay an egg. We're not looking for the NFL to stop police brutality. That's not going to happen. What the NFL can do is assist and don't um, stagnate the progress of their players who are silently protesting or who are speaking out. They can lend their uh, resources, financial resources, to social just causes, but it's going to be the people that stop police brutality. NFL is a corporation. The bottom line of this corporation is money, just as it is in America. What we have to do, family, we have to fight the three pillars of America. That's genocide, that's slavery, and that's colonialism. Those are the three pillars of America. They existed in 1619, and they exist today in 2019 for 400 years. So I promise y'all I will not take up too much of your time. I know everybody has their opinion on this subject matter. A lot of people was hitting me up, asking me, Raheem, what you think about this, what you think about that. I expressed a little of my views on um, my Facebook page. If you're not following me, it's Raheem Shabazz. Put that in your search engine on Facebook. Um, that's the only platform I seem to be on these days. Um, besides Necessary Blackness Podcast, 
as y'all know, YouTube put the band on me. So I had to start a new, uh, not YouTube, my bad, Instagram. Instagram has banned my page. I cannot log in. I do everything they instructed me to do, and I can't get in. After two months, it, it became a joke to me. So now I just started another Instagram page, and it's at Raheem.Shabazz. If you was following my other Instagram page, you know how we get it over there. We are speaking truth to power. Make sure you follow that page. I need to get my followers back up. So anything else? Let me see. What else? What else is going on with me, family? Oh, the book, Radical Hope in the 21st Century. We are putting the final touches on that. Um, don't yet have a release date. Still working on the cover. Not satisfied with the cover. But um, progress is being made. So make sure y'all follow me on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Make sure y'all check out musicculturejournalism.com. That's the new movement. Everything hip-hop you can find there. Cultural, commentary, everything. Ratchetness. You can all find that there. And I'll see you next week. Same place, same time. Necessary Blackness Podcast, Raheem Shabazz. I'm out of here. Persons interested in broadcasting a commercial can reach us via email at necessaryblacknesspodcast at gmail.com. Necessary Blackness is distributed on all major podcast platforms. iTunes, Stitcher, iHeart, SoundCloud, Podomatic, and Google Play. We'll also promote your business and product across our various social media networks, reaching over 100,000 people daily. The creators of Elementary Genocide Part 1, The School to Prison Pipeline, and Part 2, The Board of Education versus The Board of Incarceration, present the third installment, Academic Holocaust. Each film produced, directed, and personally funded by writer Raheem Shabazz. Hollywood Chronicles says the documentary Elementary Genocide turns a critical eye towards the dehumanizing educational environment that criminalizes black and brown youth by funneling them from schools to prisons. If you've learned anything, shared any content, or have received any value from the Elementary Genocide brand, you're going to love Elementary Genocide 3, featuring the likes of Kaba Kemi, David Banner, Shahad Razad Ali, Michael M. Hotep, and Professor James Small. To help spread this important message to the masses, visit elementarygenocide.com. That's elementarygenocide.com. Please share our cause with your family and friends.